Miami has I have to say it. I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. What, 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 what? How could you not predict at least 10 to 13 wins for next season is all I'm saying. But Jesus again. Jesus Christ, 13 wins. I Listen, you I, know, I said. You want an opportunity to play. And the Jets are giving me an opportunity to play. I just, I'm sorry. I just remember that you compared Kiseki to Kelsey. I'm sorry. I did not. You know what? About it, I am ready to get hurt again. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the Battered Fins Fans Podcast. I am your host, the Bearded Fanatic. That is my co-host, the Battered Jets fan, Danny G. Danny, it was an amazing week for me so far. Not just the Dolphins victory, getting that big bonus at work after a hard year of working. Um, I would say I'm, I'm on a good high right now. How about yourself? I, I didn't lose this weekend, so I'm on a high also. That, that that's a fair point. That's a fair point because <laughs> the Jets were on a bye this week, and yep. now we are heading into a bye this week. But we're going to talk about that and much more. But as we always do, we like having guests on our show, and the reason we like having guests on our show is because not every single time do we all agree on the same things. This week, all the way from Vancouver, Canada, we have somebody who I personally enjoy all his takes and every single tweet he drops regarding the Dolphins. We have Mr. Jay Soto, Dolphin for Life, joining the show. Mr. Jay Soto, how are you doing today? Good, guys. How are you? Doing great. Thank you so much for asking. Jay Soto, there is a bunch of things to ask you. Um, I know Danny already has one. He tried to get that answer out of you before the show even started, so I'll let him kick it off. Yeah, well, I was surprised when Manny told me that you are living in Canada, and not just Canada, but you're living all the way in Vancouver. So you are living in Vancouver, but somehow you managed to be a Dolphin fan. How does that happen? Yeah, well, let me tell you about my story. I'm, 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 I'm actually from Mexico City. Okay. Uh, I moved to Canada in 2007. Um, and all because of the recession family. coming. My ex-wife. Oh, oh okay. Okay. <laughs> She's Canadian. She's from uh, Vancouver. Ah, okay. Uh, we met in Mexico City at a bar back in 2006 so uh yeah you know we decided that if we wanted to have a family canada was uh, a good place to have them and raise them and fair enough that's why i'm here okay and how did you end up being a dolphins fan was that just from your time in mexico city did it start there yeah so i think i i've mentioned that before on my twitter feed yeah um my dad is a steelers fan and I remember one day I was like, I don't know, probably five, six years old. And I was watching a game and he's like, son, come with me. Let's watch this uh, Steelers game. And then it was against the Miami Dolphins. And Dan Marino just like killed the Steelers. It was like four touchdowns or five. And I was like, no, dad, I, I like that guy. I like number 13. <laughs> so was will see yeah. There he is. There he is. He made an appearance. I didn't even know you were going to bring that up, so I'm glad I had him ready. All right, so here, here's my other question for you. And we're going to get into the game. Obviously, we're going to do that here momentarily, and we'll get your two cents from that. Where are you on the barometer of a Dolphins fan? Are you more in the middle? Are you, are you the type of fan that uh, – I don't want to say it's negative, like not negative like trolling like some of our fan base does. I mean, like do you, do you think – more often than not, we may lose games, or, you, or are you on the opposite? But you think more often than that, we're going to win games. Not, not taking this season into account, because obviously this is an anomaly for most Dolphin fans that we're playing so well this far into the season. But I, for I guess for your time being of being a Dolphins fan, has I've always been more negative? Has it been more positive uh, on your outlook? 
as a fan, always positive, you know. Even even though I know it's gonna be a good season, I'm always like, oh yeah, we're gonna make something happen, you know. Like it's it's always positive. Uh, now this season, I feel great, but uh, we'll talk about that later. But always positive. I like that. I like that. So listen, let's start talking about positive things. But before we do, before we do it, I'm glad you're smiling already, Danny. Last week, you got me really good. And I mean really good on that Jet show when I said you guys had zero chance of defeating the Buffalo Bills. And boy, did you make me pay for it. You know, well, I, I mean, it was, it was kind of outlandish that you said no chance. It, it, I, was it, though? Was it? Well, we won. So, yes, it was. This week, I said, you know, I, I think it's time that I get you with a little payback. Let's, let's, see, what you, let's see what you said. And I don't see you guys beating the Browns. Ooh. I think I think the Browns defense will find a way to keep you guys in relative check. I think Nick Chubb is going to do just enough to take the lead. And I, I honestly think that the, the Browns get this dub. There's a reason why you guys are only a three-point favorite at home. Uh, only a three-point favorite at home. The final score of that game was 39-17. But you know what? I don't want to talk offense first, sir. I want to talk about your favorite uh, position group, uh, which is that defense. And the one thing leading into this game, Danny, and I want to start off with you because obviously the video was about you, was mm -hmm. were you surprised? Because obviously Nick Chubb's a problem. We could all agree Nick Chubb is a problem. He's been a problem against every NFL team. Yeah. Were you surprised of how dominant our defense looked? Obviously in the passing game, you can't say that much. It was Jacoby Brissett at the end of the day, not Deshaun Watson. But were you surprised of how dominant we looked all around on defense and that we were able to stop Nick Chubb as much as we did? I know that Nick Chubb had a really long run. Was it like 40 yards or so? Yeah. His longest was the 33 for the touchdown. Was it 33? Okay. So without that 33, he was rushing about 30 yards, 10 rushes, 3 yards to carry. Yeah. So <clears throat> he obviously did better, didn't do as well as I thought he would. Yeah. But um, I was surprised how you guys stifled that run. For sure. Okay. And by the way, Jacoby, and by the way, my, my co-host is sick this week. So by all means, when he starts having these cough attacks, please forgive him. Uh, Jay Soto, I'm coming to you. Jacoby Brissett, let, let's take away the 33 yards from Nick Chubb real quick. He would have had 10 carries, 30 yards, and no touchdowns. Jacoby Brissett had seven carries for 40 yards. I'm like, all right, here we go again with the Justin Fields. Obviously not on the Justin Fields level, but how did you feel? Before one coming into the game, like what did you think the problems were going to be? And ultimately, after the game, how do you feel about how the defense played? Yeah, for me, it was like you know, before the game, I, I always knew we have to stop the run game, yeah. Right? As soon as you stop the run game, I knew Jacoby wasn't going to be able to do it, you know, anything. So, I didn't, I didn't think that the defense was going to be that good against the run. But boy, they proved me wrong. So they're really good, especially Wilkins. He had a, an amazing game. If he, if there was a game that you could say this guy deserves to be paid, it, it was, was this game. game. He was amazing. Yeah, he was amazing. It was disrupting the pass, disrupting the run. Um, the one hit that he landed Roberts had on Nick Chubb that brought me out of my seat at the stadium. That was such a beautiful hit. But you know, the other thing is. Coming into this game, besides hit, um, handing Nick Chubb, basically keeping him in check, was that the game plan worked. I said last week on the show that we were going to win this game, 
And I felt so confident to say we were going to win decisively. The reason being is because I felt that our offense was clicking at the right time. But for the most part, I said, if you were to hold Nick Chubb in check and you make Jacoby Brissett the person that has to beat you, you're, you're going to win this game. And he ended up with 22 of 35, 212 yards and a touchdown. When you look at Jacoby Brissett, obviously we had him on the team last year. He's a service, service. Wow. I'm eating that word. Serviceable, serviceable quarterback, but obviously not somebody that's going to carry you to a victory. He could hit good passes here and there. Like he had a few really good turned out conversions for the Browns, but ultimately not somebody who's going to beat you. Did you expect, did you expect our defense to look as good in the passing game, being that they haven't looked that great this season against other quarterbacks, Jay Soto? To be uh, to be truthful, no. Yeah. No, I, th- I thought they were going to be bad. Uh, again, it's Jacoby Brissett, right? So right. that's why I was like, in my head, it was always about stopping the run. Um, I knew uh, the secondary was going to stop Brissett. Um, you know, when, when I saw that first drive, I was like, oh, my God, not again. Mm-hmm. The defense was bad. And, you know. <laughs> I think we all looked at each other like they got on the board yeah. quick. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. And again, every week the defense is the same, right? First drive, Touch the it. other team scoring, and I'm like, not again. But yeah, you know, after that, they they were stopping the run. Uh, the secondary was doing good. So, you know, as the, as the game went on, I was like confident that we were going to win. Yeah. At some point, like I think it was the the third quarter, the beginning of the third quarter, and I'm like, we're going to see Skylar Thompson this, this game. Good call. I predicted it, yeah. And, and that goes back to you, Danny. Obviously, we know how you personally feel about this defense. You're like, we need to see it more consistently. You, Yeah, you guys play much better at home, but we need to carry that into away games as well. But passing, but, that passing defense hasn't looked great. Was it more to your expectations because it was Jacoby Brissett, or do you think we did play that much better off- uh, defensively? Well, I, I think that the Browns came out first drive right down the field. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. The second drive, they went right down the field also. Yes. And then like a bunch of marks on the field. Yeah, yeah. And then Nick Chubb fumbled the ball, and you guys got the ball back. Yeah. And, and I think that kind of turned the momentum because I think you guys scored in that next possession, no? We did. So I think that kind of put more pressure on Jacoby Percet because at that point, they're in control of the game. They're just going down the field at will. Jacoby Percet's hitting those easy passes, and – Nick Chubb is carrying the rock. Um, I think that it just kind of played to your hand after that play. And, and yeah, I was surprised at how your defense has performed against the pass. But I think we've had this discussion a few times already. <clears throat> it seems like your defense just plays different at home. Yeah. Because on the road, it, it's completely different. Like, teams just do whatever they want against your, def- against your defense on the road. But when you guys are playing at hard rock, it's like it's a different team. And I, I don't think it's because the crowd is loud or anything. I, I'm not sure what it is, but, but it, it's something. It's definitely something. You know, what, I, what I've noticed is that um, when there's teams that we don't usually play, they're the worst. Yeah. So the, the Vikings, the Browns, you know, Pittsburgh. If it's something, so, someone like uh, New England, the Jets, the defense knows what to expect. But... uh it's different when we play teams that are not, you know, in, in the our division. 
Well, let, let's not, division, not ours. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's not bring up. Let's not bring up the Jets because he's he's going to talk about the forty that he got in the last three minutes of the game. And yeah, thanks. That, thanks. That, that, that was a fluke. That was a fluke. Thanks, thanks to Tua not playing that game. We'll, right we'll see. there, you we'll go. See. We'll there see. you go. Listen, but now we are going to talk about the gem. Was our offense again played lights lights out, Danny? And I think mm-hmm. that's three weeks in a row of playing lights out offensively. There's a bunch of things that we could talk about in the offense, and I'm going to come to you first. Obviously, our offense played lights out, but you have to, again, talk about Tua Tunga Vialoa, sir, as MVP caliber. 25 of 32, 285, three touchdowns. I don't know what else I have to say, or I don't know what else people have to do, but it, it's it's mind-boggling to me that every single time that Tua has a good game, Danny, they decide to move the goalpost a little bit more. Well... He needs to do it. He needs to hit a deep pass. He goes out and hits a bunch of deep passes against the Baltimore Ravens. Well, he needs to do it more consistently. Now he's done it four games in a row since he came back. Well, now he has to do it on the road. It's like every single time that this guy has a good game, you're going to continue moving the bar away from him to not make him what he is. He is a top five NFL quarterback in the NFL right now. So, again, from a person who's not a Dolphins fan, help me out here. What else does the kid have to do? Oh, obviously, I think that I think the number one question was his throwing deep consistently, right? Because yeah. at first they were saying he can't throw deep. He's in the NFL. He can throw deep. Like yeah. there's no question. Can he do it accurately and consistently? That was, that the, was question. the question. Correct. After the Ravens game, I said it looks like he can. And then another week against the Bills, I felt like after that point, nobody should say absolutely anything, right? Right. Because right. at that point, I think that that was it. Um. I think now the discussion really is, is it Tyreek Hill that's opening up this offense or Tua? Because you can't deny that Tua is playing right now as one of the top QBs. He is probably the MVP of the league right now because he's the quarterback. But like I was telling you last week, in my opinion, drop your two cents. Tyreek Hill is the MVP of the team because I think he is the person that has opened up the offense for Tua. There's a reason why Sherfield is looking like, a number two or, or even a number one receiver the way he's playing because he's getting so open underneath because once Tyreek goes on a goal route, there goes the safety with him, and it opens up everything underneath. So I think that that has helped out a lot, and I don't think Tyreek Hill is getting enough credit for what he's doing because he's – I think he's in second or third place for yak yards, yards after the catch. He has plus 300. And on top of that, I'm sorry to go so long on no, this. No, no, no for sure. It, it should be a stat, and it's not a stat. But if it was a stat, accumulated yards on pass interferences, I am 100% sure that Tyreek Hill <laughs> would lead the league in those yards. And those yards matter because those yards move you up the field. They do. And he gets those at least once a game, and it's always on big plays. It's always on, on shots down the field. So you're just getting chunks of 30, 40 yards at yeah. will, and it doesn't show up on the stats. But Tyreek Hill is moving the team down even like that. So I think Tyreek Hill, to me, is the MVP of the team this year so far. And Jay Soto, before I come to you, because I definitely want to get your answer if you think it's Tua or Tyreek, here's my thing just to rebuttal your answer real quick. I don't think anybody is doubting the fact of how important Tyreek Hill is, Tyreek Hill is to Tua and to this team, for sure, because he's a constant distraction. Like, as soon as you see him run, you see the defense like, there he goes. Like, we got to get mm-hmm. eyes on that guy. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the pinpoint passing of Tua Tungavailoa. The third down intense that hit the Jalen Waddle was in such a beautiful point that only Jalen Waddle could go ahead and grab that ball. You brought up Trent Sherfield. 
the Trent Sherfield dime in the back of the end zone. Granted, beautiful catch by Trent Sherfield, but that had to be pinpoint accuracy to get it into that end zone. How many other players were involved this game um, as far as catching the ball? Jalen Waddle, four catches. Trent Sherfield, four catches. Eight. Alan Ingold, four catches. Um, Tyreek Hill, five. Mike Gusecki, two. Everybody was catching the ball this game. But, Jay Soto, I want, I want your two cents. If you had to pick the MVP for the NFL right now, obviously coming from the Miami Dolphins, would it be Tua Tunga-Vailoa or would it be Tyreek Hill and why? You know what? It's funny because before the Browns game, uh, I think Ian uh, mentioned, you know, like I think he sent a tweet asking like who's going to be the MVP and whatever. Yeah. And I said, it's going to be Tyreek Hill. I remember. After the Browns game, I was like, has to be Tua, man. Tell me about it. Preach on it. No, I mean, I, I love Tua. And you know what? Like, if you look back to my tweets, I'm always like, I, I, I've been a big fan of Tua. I'm also a realist, so I know what he's capable of doing. Of course. And, you know. And, that's, and by the way, that's why we have you on the show. Because every single tweet, it's not like something crazy. Like, your points are always valid and valid up, backed up with factual data but i'm sorry to cut you off but i needed to say that your tweets are always on point when it comes to this team and that's why i wanted you on oh thank you um yeah no honestly i thought it was going to be tyreek hill yeah you know his numbers are crazy uh he's being consistent every game but again now i look at two and i'm like he's as well being consistent every game no interceptions you know uh passing to like different players and distributing the ball like to different players and uh, I think he's looking like the MVP so far I like that and one thing that another thing that a lot of Dolphin well not Dolphin fans, Dolphins have always loved this team for what it is but Danny a lot of things that people were talking about well what happens when you take Tyreek Hill away now you know we he could get the ball to everyone else like even if even if Tyreek Tyreek Hill has a serial to two catch day but because of the distraction, he's going to be able to get the ball to everyone else. That, but, that, but that's my point. <clears throat> because he's a decoy, if he wasn't on the field at all, I think it might be a little different. I'm not saying that Tua isn't an accurate passer. That doesn't happen. That's not, that's not <clears throat> how that happens. But I get what you're well, saying. Like, look, 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 is, is, look at the passes he's throwing to Sherfield and uh, Gesicki. Tyreek Hill is not on those plays. Right. No, I, I know. But the reason – at least I think the defense is in so that distracted. area – in the area of Tyreek Hill, and it opens up the other side of the field. There's a reason why he's constantly in motion. He, right. I've never seen a wide receiver run around that, more. That's what I'm saying. I was re-watching the game. Yeah, uh, yeah. Those catches by Sherfield, uh -huh. Tyreek is Tyreek is out. Oh, you mean right, he's right, not on the field? Yeah, he's not on the field. He's out. It doesn't really matter. Right, he had just caught a pass, Danny. The reason he wasn't in the game, he had just caught a pass, and it's the one that he caught like immediately, and then ran across the field and got us that first down. So I remember. Imme immediately after they took him out, that's when he hit the dime to Trent Sherfield. He ran from the right hash all the way around at an angle. And it's it crazy was, how it, fast it, that guy is. Like, we, we get it. We're beating a dead horse. But that guy is so stupid fast. So fast. Listen, let's talk about something else. What a sweet addition Jeff Wilson has been to this team. At the trade deadline, people were talking about Christian McCaffrey. People were talking about Kareem Hunt. Who was talking about Jeff Wilson? Not I. I didn't even know who the hell the guy was when he got nope. traded here. But let me tell you what a difference maker this guy has been. I get Raheem's Mostert is a track star, right? We get it. That guy got speed for days. If he hits a hole, he's hitting that hole. 
But mm-hmm. Jay Soto, you watching this run game, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you got Waddle. You got Tyreek Hill. You got Gasecki. You got Trent Sherfield. You got great offensive wide receiver weapons. But nobody expected this run game to be a problem. It's been a problem the last two weeks. Don't you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Even, uh, you know, even before we traded for Jeff Wilson, I was like, why don't we see uh, Miles Gaskin more often, you know? Right. Like, they were giving opportunities to uh, Chase Edmonds, and I'm like, we need Ugh. to see Gaskin. We need to see something different. Yeah. Gaskin is a good patch, uh, pass catcher. He is. Why are, not, why are we not seeing him? And uh, thank God they made this trade. Um, I don't know if you remember, I said, you know, I – I love Kareem Hunt. That's what we need in this offense. I, I'm uh, that that, I, pound, I, that 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 pounder in the game. Like you needed that type of running, but that's what you mean, right? right? Yeah, yeah, aggressive, a good pass catcher. But then I was like, you know, I didn't like what he did. Uh, no, nobody did. In his we're, past. We're, yeah, yeah, we're just talking about the player on the field. Yeah, correct. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, you know, I I, I like him as a player. I don't like what he is, but. Uh, you know, I didn't know Jeff Wilson was going to be that good. So, What a great addition. Danny, I know that you said last week when, when, when you saw him that first game, you're like, wow, he incorporated really fast. But obviously coming from the same offense that he was kind of running in San Francisco when, when he had Mike McDaniel as his offensive coordinator. But let me tell you, maybe you say that game, all right, maybe the Bears weren't ready for, for Jeff Wilson. The Browns should have been. But let me tell you, sir, Jeff Wilson, 17 carries, 119 yards and a touchdown. His longest run being for 20 yards, where he mustered eight carriers, 65 yards, also hitting the end zone. If you thought the, the Dolphins were a problem just from the wide receiver core standpoint, you being a Jets fan and looking at this team, is it giving you more pause now that your defense has to be ready for more than just the pass? For sure, because at some point you feel like some solace. Like, all right, all they have is a passing game. But when it comes to January or December, you need a pretty decent running game when the, the weather, you know, gets bad. But if you guys have a running game now also on top of the weapons that you have, wide receiver and tight end even, even though Kaseki doesn't get used very much by you guys, yeah, I, I, I think that's a real problem. That's That has made your offense so much more scary when you see the production that that you guys got out of the running back this week. If, if that keeps up, your offense is going to be ridiculous. Jay Soto B, then you went back and watched this game. And, Danny, I'm going to ask you the same question. The Jets have been good because you guys have been able to run the the rock so effectively. And I'm, and I'm very happy that the Dolphins are able to do that now because mm-hmm. I said we needed to try to find a way to incorporate that into our offense. Mm-hmm. But one thing you guys also do very well is your patch-up work offensive line. Mm-hmm. Our offensive line, I went back and watched that all 22. There, I don't even know how excited – I can't explain to you how excited I was getting, but the pancakes that they were getting on, on Jadavian Clowney, the pancakes they were getting on their defensive tackles, the holes that Robert Hunt was opening and still blocking 10 yards up the field. I get the running game is exciting, but you also need your big men to open up those holes for you. Jay Soto, when you went back and watched his game, how much did you enjoy watching how well this offensive line played? One, protecting Tua, zero sacks, but then the consistent holes they were opening up for our running game. The only reason why I always watch games after the fact is because I want to, I want to look at the offensive line. Yeah. And uh, I think two weeks ago, I was like, you know, on some hero for the Dolphins, Brandon Shell. Oh, right yes. Yes. Whoa. He's been amazing. He's being, uh, you know, protecting Tua, opening holes, 
Robert Jones replacing uh, uh, what's his name? Eichenberg. Yes. Uh, Teron Armstead. I mean, listen, the guy doesn't have to practice all season. If he's going to keep missing practices, he's going to show up on Sunday. It doesn't he matter. Can, he doesn't have to practice anymore. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does his job, you know. And uh, yeah, I mean, we love the running game. But the big reason why they're having a successful running game and uh, and two has been protected, offensive line. Big big props to them. And by the way, Robert uh, Robert Jones that you mentioned, that was the guy that I saw in the All-22. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, Danny, he had a stunt on the inside very early. In, it was very early in the game. It was a, a quick pass to Raheem Mostert. I think it was like first or second play. And he pulled a stunt and, the, and the, our right guard noticed and he pancaked the shit out of Jadavian Clowney. But Danny, again, I your think- strength your strength has been your defensive line. When how, how you've seen our offensive line play the last couple of weeks, especially again, Brandon Snell, who we brought him from off the street and he's doing a great job. Robert Jones, he was on the practice squad earlier this season, doing a big role. How impressive has our O-line looked to you the last three weeks? No, it's it's been ridiculous. And and not to take away credit from your offensive line, but the Browns defensive line isn't as good as I thought. Because I've only watched them play against the Jets before this week against the Dolphins. Yeah. And our offensive line at that point was patchwork. And we had Joe Flacco back there, which can't move. He's a statue back there. Yeah. And he didn't touch Joe Flacco in that Browns game. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised at how ineffective Miles Garrett and Jadavian Collin has been. But, again, that doesn't take away from what you guys did. You guys have been protecting Tua, which is great because if you can keep him healthy because you know that he's made out of paper mache. So if he can stay healthy, I mean – all credit to all the pickups that you guys, just like we've had to patch up our offensive line, you guys have done the same. Like you said, picking guys off the streets, yep. and it's been working. So it, it's a very underrated part of that. No, nobody really talks about when you hear people talking on ESPN and Fox, and nobody's brought up the offensive line for sure. Everybody's talking about they Tua look at the quarterback, and, the wide receivers, and that's it. It's like and, there's and more in the there's N- in the NFL, you win in the trenches, offensive line and defensive line. And now to that, I did want to ask you a question. Sure, Bradley Chubb. I know he got half a sack, but was he as productive as you had been hoping? Yes. 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 Jay, I, I don't know about Jay Soto's. I, I'd love to get your two cents. But let me tell you, Jay Soto, from being at the game and then going back and watching the game, the guy was around Jacoby Brissett the whole entire game. And that goes back to your point of Christian Wilkins. When it wasn't Jalen Phillips getting to him, it was Bradley Chubb getting to him and Christian Wilkins. But you have to admit, Maybe he had an off week last week. It was his first week in this defense. But you had to enjoy how well he looked this week. You know what? Go back and look at the games. Look how many times the defensive linemen are, I mean, sorry, the offensive linemen are holding Bradley Chubb. Yeah. It, it, it was impressive to watch him be a problem because we have the hope of how well Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb, those two, uh, well, I don't want to say rookie, but young guys, are going to look on this defense. Yeah. Christian Wilkins, like I said, if there was a game where he's like, pay me my money this upcoming season, it was this game. But let's move on to something else. Um, I, I know what Danny's initial expectations were for this season. I know what mine's were. So being that I haven't, obviously our listeners haven't had opportunity to hear you. When this season started, before you saw any any play, we had a preseason show of what we thought, what I thought was going to be, and you kind of heard it in the video. I said, I thought somewhere between 10 to 13 wins. Danny, you could hear him saying, oh, my God, Jesus Christ, 13 wins. You hear that. But you, your initial expectations for this team was what? And are they playing up to your expectations? If I remember correctly, I think I said 
Okay. Okay. Either 12-5 or 11-6. I think that that's what my expectations were for the Dolphins. 10 or 11, I thought was the most realistic prediction. Okay, so fair enough. And you know what? This surprised me when they started like 3 nothing. I thought they were going to lose those games. So let's let's go back to that. Let's let's travel back in history. I had told Danny that I saw us beating the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I saw us beating the Ravens. It's one that he didn't agree with. But I just, based off the fact that the year before we made Lamar Jackson look so small, I thought that we could carry that into this season. And granted, he had a great game. That was just to look back real quick. I did not expect Tua to throw for six touchdowns. No, I did not. But I did expect us to win that game. I thought our losses were going to come when the Bills came to town just because of how dominant they've looked against us the last two seasons. So that was my mindset. I I was picking games. I said win, win, loss. And then that Bengals game was my toss-up. Because they just came off from being runner-ups at the Super Bowl, I said this game might be a little bit tougher. And being that it's on a short week, I thought we start the season two and two. What was your initial look when the season started? What do you think we were going to start off at? So, I, you know, the first game I thought they were going to win against New England. Yeah. Then I thought they were, were going to lose uh, against the Ravens and the okay. Bills. So that was a surprise. And then I thought, like, oh, we're going to beat the Bengals. We're going to beat All right. the Bills. You know, but again, it's because Tua wasn't playing. Fair That's enough. reality. Right? You see, you see the Jets fans look at you right now. Listen, remember Dan, you guys losing when he went out of that game against the Bengals. You're right, but Jay Sedman did drop that pass in the back of the end zone. Just letting you know, that's also coming. You've said, Danny, that if Chase, I, I have, I have, I have, that if Chase Edmund catches Chase Edmund that ball, us, you guys might win that game. We would have been in the lead, and then our defense could play a little bit better. But uh-huh. let's talk about if they're playing as up to expectation. This is my point. For me, they are 100 playing up to expectations, and by far surpassing my expectation. Here's why. Everything is a what if when Tua went down, right? Like, what if he would have finished the Bengals game? What if he was available for the Jets game, so on and so forth, right? But let's use those what ifs. If Tua was playing the way he did against the Baltimore Ravens, and he carried that into the Bengals game and so on and so forth, and then the Jets, and you know that I've been a big uh, fan of how well your Jets defense is playing. But I just think having Tua being that he has played you guys in previous seasons, he, he knows you a little bit better than what Teddy Bridgewater or Skylar Thompson is. The reason I say they're surpassing my expectations because if he would have been in those games, I'm not saying we would have been undefeated, but I don't think we would have been at three losses is my point. And then my initial thought of 10 to 13 wins would have been even more in that ballpark because we would have had our quarterback available. But Danny, are they playing up to your expectations or are they surpassing what? Give me your two cents. No, I still think uh, – remember, I, I always thought that they would win maybe 10 to 11 games, and I think they're more or less on track to do that anyway. You still have those three road games coming up that are going to be really tough. Yep. You guys got to get two out of those three, but it's going to be really tough to get all three of those games. I think you guys are, are, are doing – the only thing that surprised me, and it's two years in a row that they've done this to me, is that your defense has made me look stupid because every year I predict that your defense is going to be dominant, and they disappoint me because they haven't yet. At home, they've looked better, but on yes. the road, they haven't. But I always expect you guys to kill it on defense. I mean, missing Byron Jones, I'm sure, is bad. Xavier Howard hasn't played up to par this year. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure those two things, you know, have a lot to do with it. And the fact that Emmanuel Ogba, before he, you know, got lost for the year, he was yeah. already lost because I didn't see him. He wasn't effective. Um, and you guys aren't blitzing as much. But because you're, you're, Xavier Howard isn't playing as good as he should, 
Byron Byron Jones Jones is out out. because you haven't been going zero blitz like you used to do last year. So um, those are all factors, I suppose. But, yeah, yeah, the defense isn't living up to my expectations. But your team overall as a team, record-wise and all that, yes, it's, 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 it's where I more or less thought it would be. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't like looking ahead once we're into the season because I like taking on a, on a on a week to week basis. But I do want to put you on the spot real quick. Go being that you being that you predicted anywhere between ten and twelve wins, do you uh-huh. think the it's the ten or do you think it's the latter? Do you think we make it to twelve? I think you guys are going to end up with eleven right wins. If, okay. I, if I had to pick eleven wins, that would put you at eleven and six, so three more losses. Okay. All right. I appreciate that. All right, Jay Soto. So before we move on to the next topic, what about you? Right now where we stand, don't don't give me predictions for the rest of the year, but if you had to say, you know what, I think they end up with X amount of wins, what would be that number for you? I think I'll uh, I'll say 13. Okay, I like it because that's exactly what I was going to say. Not just because 13 is my favorite number, Dan Marino, but the fact that that's what I initially said. I said this team, my preseason prediction was I could see 10 to 13 wins, not just because of what I saw of Tua, not just because what I, I know what Tyreek Hill was going to bring to the team. It was the fact that I, I believe in what Mike McDaniel was trying to bring to this team. And the fact that now we have a running game, I think we make it to 13 wins. Um, Danny, I know we're going to talk about it uh, next week when we, when, um, before we, um, when we come out of the bye and we're looking ahead to the, to the Texans game. We'll talk about a little bit more next week. But I want to talk about this because for us to get to 13 wins – I feel like it, everything just can't be positive. So, Jay Soto, I'm going to come to you first. I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm sorry. Real quick, because okay. I didn't have. So, you're predicting you're only going to lose one more game the rest of the year? Yes, that would be what I would say. Okay. But I'm not going to tell you where it is. We'll wait for that for next week. Okay. But uh, I, I want to talk about this because I feel like every show, at least every Dolphin show that I watch, Jay Soto, for the majority, I feel like. People are trying to be very, very optimistic. And I get it. 13 wins is very optimistic. But I feel like it's because there's so many um, benefits surrounding this team right now that even if our defense doesn't play up to par, our offense has the capability of carrying that defense. Mm-hmm. And maybe when our offense doesn't put up 39 points the way that, the way they did this week, maybe our defense could slow down the opposing team and not let them into the end zone. Like we'll give up, we'll give up 90 plays to the Buffalo Bills, but not let them in the end zone. And then our offense doesn't have to put up 39 points. So Jay Soto, I'm coming to you. If you had to pick one thing that makes you uneasy about them potentially not making it to 13 wins, what would it be? Special teams. Oh, I like that. Yeah. The kicker. Yes. That was mine. That was mine. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Sanders and you yeah. know the the returning game and uh, yeah, special teams. To be honest, I like Jason that. Sanders. Yeah, let's talk about. You guys should have had forty. Well, being that you both were going to pick that, and that's not mine. Well, being I, you, I have another one also. I was going to give you two. Okay, so being that, let's t- let's start on the special teams then. Thomas Morset, I think, has played great as far as punting, punting them into the twenty more consistently than he's not. But that's another big point that you brought up is our return game. I feel like whether it's Moster back there, whether it's Javon Holland back there, whether it's Jalen Waddle. By the way, I wouldn't put Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle returning kicks. I get it; they have the potential of breaking, but they also have a higher probability of getting hurt when everybody's gunning for just them. Um, I, I, I don't feel like we have a solid say. You know what? That's my returner. In previous years, we have had that. 
So I agree. I agree with what you, what you said, Jay Soto. I think Jason Sanders, I think he'll pick it up. I think going back to what Mike McDaniel said is he hasn't given me any impression that he's not going to get this fixed. And I kind of feel the same way. But if I had to nitpick at something, I'm going to agree with you. I think it's Jason Sanders. Um, I also think it's the defense, Danny, before I let you in and give me your other one. Not because one of the things you've said, Danny, this year is, and, and you know, based off of what I've said, is they bend a lot, but they don't break. But you know what? You're going to play some tough teams in the playoffs. And I think we are going to make it to the playoffs. And those teams are going to play high caliber at all times because it's a brand new season and everybody plays their A game at all times. So, Danny, for me, it's the defense. I think that these next, especially that back-to-back-to-back road games, I think that's going to be the epitome of them getting their ish together. And that's going to be their opportunity to do so. But what was your other one that's giving you a bit of pause of them not making it to potentially 11 wins as you as you uh, just said a few moments ago. I think something that might come around to bite the Dolphins in the ass is Mike McDaniel's cojones. Okay. I, I think it. the fact that he goes for it on fourth down so often is really going to come around and bite him in the ass eventually. Okay. I thought it might happen this game. With two minutes left in the first half, fourth and one, instead of taking the field goal, he went for it. You guys didn't get it. Yeah. Now, it worked out because I think you guys got the ball back anyway right. and ended up scoring. But against a really good team, you can't Mind be you, playing. Don't he be went, cute. And he went for it on fourth down in the first quarter on our side of the field and got it with yeah, Jeff. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, know. I wanted to bring that he, one up. No, I, I, know, I know. Let me say something. Let me say not something. Like, go for it's, it. It's, it's not about only having cojones. Yes. It's about not trusting your kicker. That's about That's it. That's a great point. That's a great point. Like, like you go, you know. That Bears game was, was a good explanation of that. Like, not trusting. Like, you're in 40-yard range, and you're going for it against the Bears on fourth down. Like, that should tell you all the confidence he has in Jason Sanders right now. Exactly. And he's that, even saying, like, oh, Jason Sanders, and he, I need a bigger reason, whatever. That's your reason. You don't trust him. That's a, great, that's a great point. But to Manny's point, in the first quarter – that was a punt that he that he passed up. He didn't pass up a field goal. He you know what? Because punt. he felt confident. He felt confident. His cojones were, that, were 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 brightening up. He's like, you know what? Go for this one. Go for okay. this one. Well, all right. So this this is my thing. Okay. So okay. I decided to look it up because yeah. as I was watching this, I started thinking. I was like, this guy's fucking crazy. Why does he do this so often? Right. So I was curious. Who does it more than anybody in the league? The Dolphins don't do it more than anyone in the league. They're tenth in the league. Okay. okay? So it's not it's not it's not horrible. But of the top 10, they have by far the worst percentage of converting. Really? Yes. I would not have guessed that. You I guys have only have converted 6 of 14, 42%. Of oh, I'll, those ta- 10, I'll take 42%. I'll take 42%. Of the top 10 teams, there's only two playoff teams in there. The Eagles, which have converted like 75%, so crazy. And then the Dolphins. Other than that, are all bad teams. I guess they have to go for it on fourth down because yeah. they're losing so often. But so this isn't necessarily a recipe for success, is what I'm saying. I got and it. I think so. I really think that Mike McDaniel might want to like start rethinking it. Like if, if it's maybe the kicker and you don't trust him, I'm sorry. Every year who's there's a, like three kickers per team. Go the ahead and, and, and bring in. I'm sorry. Who's the first one? The Lions? The Cardinals. They've they've gone for it 29 times. Six, 16 for 29, 55%. But so, so even at 42% in a fourth down. I'd go. For, I, I I trust it. I trust it at forty two percent. Less now, than fifty percent. I if get you're it. Playing against a good team, I, I don't know. But if there, you were like, if you were like the Eagles, point. 
No, no, that's if your you point. If you were the Eagles that are converting 75%, fuck it, let it ride. Right. Damn, man. Six I get it. But like you said, if you're playing a good team, would you say that you're afraid to go for it on fourth down against the Lions, the Bears, and the Browns? Maybe not, but that Browns game wasn't out of reach at that moment. And we felt pretty confident, and he felt pretty <sighs> confident. I'm just going to say. Okay, but, um, I'm just saying. I don't know. I, I think he might be playing with fire, and, and he might get burnt is all I'm saying. Okay, he might. He might. But you know what? It's bye week, and this week we're not going to preview the next week. But you know what? As somebody – I've shared this before. Danny knows this very well. I don't watch any other sport besides the NFL, so I feel confident – what am I doing this week on a bye week is I'm literally catching up on the rest of football. Um, I also do a, a, a battered jet show with my, my co-host right here. So that means this week I'll be able to watch hopefully, and I hate to say it this way. And I said it, I, I hated on, on saying it on his show. I really do hope the Patriots get embarrassed this week by your jets team. Not just because you're my co-host is because of so many years of the Patriots being dominant. I want somebody to destroy them. Hopefully it's this week for you. Danny, you just came off a of bye week. What's your best advice when your team's on a bye? What do you do? On vacation. I plan my vacations around my bye weeks. I just oh, came back from Disney World. That's how you, it is. You just gave away the sauce. You just gave away yeah, the sauce. Okay. Does your <laughs> wife know this? Does your wife know that you plan accordingly around Jets weeks? <laughs> <laughs> Jay Soto, it is a bye week for the Miami Dolphins. What will you be doing on Sunday? You know what? Same. I'm going to be watching football. I have a few fantasy teams. So I want to be rooting for my teams, my players. Um, and how, how are you? How are you doing right now in fantasy? I think I'm in third, third place in one, and second place in the other one. I like it. I like it. Well, yeah. it goes without saying. Um, I've enjoyed our Twitter friendship so far, and I enjoy the fact even more that you, you were so agreeable to come on the show and talk Miami Dolphins football with us. Um, I definitely enjoyed it, and I look forward to having you on again. For sure, man. Thank you so much for uh, thinking of me. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed being with you guys. And uh, Even oh. though there was a Jets fan. Even though there was a Jets <laughs> Even fan. It's a Jets fan. I'm okay. <laughs> I have a question for you, Jay Soto. You you yeah. watch soccer? Oh, I do. Okay, so the World Cup's coming up this weekend. So you got something to do. Go so Mexico. Forget. Yeah. yeah, forget forget NFL. You got the World Cup. It's once every is, four is, years. Uh, is Colombia going to the World Cup? No, no. Oh. But I'm rocking with the USA. That's why you're on vacation then. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jay Soto? That's a good point. Who, who's your uh, your go-to? Like, who do you think is winning the World Cup this year? Because I promise you, oh. on my show, there would never be another talk of soccer. But being that it got brought up, who who are you going for in the round of uh, in the World I'm, Cup? I'm always going to say Mexico, but that's never going to happen. So... I don't know. So who's Canada your second ha- team? No, Canada has a chance. Canada has a good team. I, yeah, I don't know yeah. about going all the way, but they could go on a nice run. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You, I, you guys are teaching me right now. I didn't even know Canada had a soccer team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they have a really, really good team. They actually but beat Alfonso Mexico. Davies went, they beat Davies Mexico went down, in the, in the in Nastic Stadium like four months ago or something. Like They, mm-hmm. they have yeah. a really good team. Canada, awesome. Canada, I think, finished higher than the U.S. in the, in the qualifying rounds. Canada has a squad. First place, yeah. I only watch football, guys. I only watch football. Well, depending on who you talk to, that is football. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But listen, (laughs) as always, again, Jay Soto, thank you so much for joining us. Mr. Batter Jets fan, Danny G, it's always a pleasure to do this show with you. Always, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, this was episode 11 of the Battered Fins Fans podcast. We will be dropping this probably tonight, early tomorrow morning. 
Um, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, from Jay Soto, from the Bearded Fanatic, from the Battered Jets fan, hope you all have a good night. See you next Thank week. You guys. Fins up. Fins up. Uh. <laughs>